Hello everyone and welcome to the third episode of Want to Watch. Uh, it's been two months in the making. I realised uh, about five minutes ago, it's actually been two months exactly to the day since I put out the last episode. We've got three minutes left of today. We're sitting here at 11.57. As always, I'm Ben. I am joined uh, once again by Rusbe, who you may remember from the first episode. Oh, it's, uh, it's good to be back and uh, yeah, happy to be here. Yeah, and my lovely girlfriend Catherine. Hello. Oh, speaking out into the void, we are. <laughs> you may have noticed a significant uh, reduction in audio quality. Hopefully not, because I am now recording on my phone rather than on a professional microphone. So uh, we'll see how this goes. Today we're going to talk about Incendies, which is a film by Denis Villeneuve of uh, Blade Runner 2049 and Dune fame, which we're all very excited for, I'm sure. Came out in 2010. We'll try to talk around the film because it is very heavily reliant upon like its kind of central plot twist, which happens, as you would imagine, at the end of the film. So we'll try our very best not to spoil it, but if we do, then can't blame us. Yeah, that's, all, that's always one of the hassles of talk about films like this. I mean, even saying there's a plot twist is almost a plot, is almost a spoiler, you know, but I mean, it's... Yeah, it's a very certain type of film, isn't it? And it's the way that they structure their narrative around like, a central twist. And this is very much what it is. It plots yeah. along methodically, everything moving towards a certain direction, and then eventually yeah. the shit hits the fan, so <laughs> to speak, and it, it recontextualises the way that you view the entire film, which it definitely does in this film. Yeah, absolutely. Whether or not the conclusion's satisfying, I think it really depends on the way you look at it, but I think it's something a lot of people can get different things out of, just talking in a broad sense without trying to really, like, spoil what that ending actually entails. Yeah, you can talk a lot about the film and the, the implications towards the characters are very interesting, especially towards the, the two children who are kind of the central characters in the film, one more yeah. than the other, the daughter. Oh, unfortunately, I can't remember any of their names. It's quite bad. We watched this about a few hours ago, so... Simon and Jean or something? Those are the, those yeah. are the twins' names. I can't really remember the mum's name. Noel is the mum's... I'm sorry about the disruption here. The audio cut out and I tried to match it up as best as I could. Uh, yeah, so the, the film kind of follows these two central characters, one of which is the mother and the other is the daughter. So it, it takes place... Off Think, I'm not 100% sure on the, the kind of time frame. I think at the end of the film you find out that the kind of contemporary segments of it are set in 2009 or thereabouts because yeah. it begins with the mother passes away and that is the date on her headstone. And then the mother, would you say, maybe 80s? Probably 80s, to be honest, because I imagine... Well, it I mean... said that someone was born in 1970... Yes, and if it's the search so, for her after yeah. her, yeah, okay, that, that makes sense. And then, obviously, she spends a significant amount of uh, time in prison, as yeah. you find out if you watch the film. I, I guess at that point, <laughs> the kind of time frames it's blur. Probably between the 80s and 90s, mm. just because, obviously, the film's, like, set as, with a lot of inspiration from, I imagine, the Lebanese Civil War, and as such, it would probably follow along with a similar, like, historical time of reference to go alongside that. yeah i mean that that makes sense to me I, I mean we were just looking it up i kind of assume we were watching the film but it was set in lebanon but we're now not so sure we don't really know whether the places in yeah. the film are just, fictional or not it's played based on a play though so I, I, yeah and yeah. the play was based on an activist in the lebanese civil war so i mean that makes sense then okay it's it, it might as well be lebanon without saying it's lebanon or yeah, I don't know why they didn't set it actually in yeah. Lebanon. I, mean, I always find I, that's like a horrible trope, isn't it? Mm. Of just like 
everything's being so... Like, it's not like if they made it in Lebanon, anything would have, like, happened to the actors and directors, like... Oh, that being said, like, there are a lot of different militia groups in Lebanon. I imagine Mm. if the actors have any connection to the country, it probably wouldn't play out very well, but... But you think at that point, if you're making a film yeah. which is so heavily inspired by the Lemony Signal to, to basically just be about it. It's not like the film portrays the Christian militias in a very good light either. No. I, the only information I know about the Lebanese Civil War comes yeah. from just having watched these films. Yeah. So I'm not really in the position to take sides, but I don't yeah. think either side really feels... Well, it's, it's like oriented around this own conflict of like the so-called nationalists versus the so-called Christians. But uh, if if we're going to look at it from the lens of like comparing it to the civil war in Lebanon, the Lebanese civil war was comprised of a whole bunch of different factions like Christian militias, uh, Sunni Islamist militias, Shia militias, communist militias, secular nationalist groups, uh, as well as just like different uh, like military forces backed by various foreign powers from Europe and North America. So, you know, I think the conflict, because it doesn't really use the... It really only uses the war to propagate the narrative yeah. of the characters. Yeah. It didn't really need to, like, delve into the whole, like, complex, like, nuances of regional geopolitics it wants to talk to, talk about. It was just mostly focused on the conflict as being something that could be used to pedal the story forwards, you know. But so. then, if this is, like, based on a real activist, I feel like, you know, it's not telling... If it's meant to be based on her, yeah. is it really telling her story properly like why is it based on yeah. her then if it's just using this as to propagate the story's main narrative because i'm not the, sure if i agree with the play it. was based Doing on a that? real person yeah but whose name i can't remember something. i can i definitely see what you're saying where uh you run the risk of for like using it as a kind of what well, you run the risk of using the war like a real conflict as a kind of narrative device yeah. uh, or like a like a backdrop for your your interesting set pieces and your your controversial scenes and stuff like that and it's just whether whether i mean it's it's reductionist yeah exactly and i mean i can't really say for one whether it's depiction of the conflict is actually accurate it is very much like there to kind of act as a framework for the narrative around it to exist in i mean that might be why they didn't decide to like explicitly say this is based on the lebanese civil war because they would have understood that this is like just all they all they need. This is all the distance they need to not be able to like say that they are exploiting it. Basically, they can just say, "Oh, it's just an abstract conflict inspired by whatever." Yeah. Than, like perhaps raising excess controversy between like the different groups in Lebanon and what have you. I still think it got like a lot of good messages across, though, especially towards the end, despite those kinds of perhaps limiting factors. I don't know what you guys thought of the ending. Hmm. Well, I, I think it's probably better if we try to talk around the ending yeah. as much as possible, but if we do end up spoiling it, then hey-ho. The, I mean, I thought the ending was very interesting, to say the least. And I think... Okay, well, let's... let's okay, I'll, I'll just... I'll, I'll spin yeah, okay, in the web and then right. we'll go from there. So, by the end of the film, so there's there's a character, right? And the character receives two letters... And that is kind of, you, you find that yeah. at the start, that is the crux of the narrative. The, the daughter is trying to find his character to deliver the letters, that kind of thing. And in one letter, 
is like very deflammatory, just puts the character down for their actions in the past. Whereas the other one is very forgiving. And I think that is a note that the film tries to end on, where it's as if the mother who has died at the start of the film, she can only now be at peace now that she has kind of forgiven this character. And as she puts it in the film, she has broken the chain of conflict, which the whole film kind of revolves around yeah. this kind of in, internal conflict. And you, you see how the character in question is very much shaped from the moment, literally from the moment they are born yeah, by great. their circumstances literally, and the war. One of the first things you see is just, you know, this image of a kid getting his head shaved, almost like immediately consolidating that imagery of like this childhood innocence. Mm. Being lost, Being literally, lost, yeah, yeah, and it's quite violent action, as you well know, as someone who has shaved my head. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shaving someone's head is... A, and it, and it, it also, I think, gives the impression of them being, like, you get the kind of image of, like, lambs to the slaughter. Yeah. You get me? Just, just like, they're, they're being sheared, you know, that they're going to... They've been created to this, fulfil this purpose and, like, to fit into a mould, and yeah. you yeah. see that in all their faces. Especially, that especially with the way very the hopeless. Kids like just stares at the camera mm. it's almost just like Kubrick stare just like and you saying that has made me realize there's a lot of like actually Christian imagery or just belief and things in the movie like the elements of forgiveness and like the yeah. lamb being shit that's true yeah. and obviously like the main characters follow Christian beliefs but then there's that conflict with the Christian militia yeah yeah and that's very um, interesting and that's really interesting like, and that's I think one part at least in the kind of past segments that is what drives the mother well one aspect of what drives the mother's internal conflict is the fact that she is a Christian uh, but then the people she sees this Christian militia around her who are harming innocent people and doing like frankly quite horrific yeah. things and then she struggles to kind of reconcile that with her understanding of Christianity you see it reflected really nice in the like cinematography as well, just like this image of contrast, especially that scene in the desert where all of these militiamen just have these AKs with Virgin Mary on the mm. side. Yeah. It's just this like nice demonstration of just how conflicted this like world is that the directors basically like come to conceive. Yeah, and the thing is is on both sides, both both kind of factions, at least that you see in this like kind of potentially reductive portrayal of the civil war it's as if they conceive of their actions as being vindicated by some kind of divine yeah justice like like i said earlier i don't know the ins and outs of the conflict and i'm not gonna like do disrespect to anyone by trying to mm. kind of pu push that framework on it but at least within the confines of the movie that is certainly apparent to me just building on the uh, like shots as well just the cinematography i mean obviously villanue is famous for his other films like Blade Runner 2049 being a great example of visual media. I think this film really like reflects that as well. Like uh, the scene with the burning truck, for example. Yeah. I can't help I but get reminded of um, Tarkovsky. Like and, the burning yeah, house. Yeah, the burning house yeah. and mirror. And in The Sacrifice as well, he uses a similar motif. Yeah. It's very like, I think it's quite an elemental film. So you, you, it puts a lot of emphasis upon like the backdrop and the vastness of the backdrop in relation yeah. to the characters. Yeah. And just the, like, he tends to uh, linger on these like more artistic shots. And it just gives you a lot more time to be able to absorb them and reflect on them more effectively. I remember another, another shot I really liked was uh, one in the pool where the, the mm -hmm. twins were swimming and... They were just uh, 
when you couldn't when you watch a film that like scene has a whole new meaning by the time you get to the end not like spoiling anything it's almost like prophetic and just the way that it presents itself it's just very important. yeah i can kind of see what you mean especially i i don't know if you're referring oh no yeah yeah the one nearer the end and i remember when we were watching you said it's as if they're trying to cleanse themselves of the information that they they come to know yeah. like as the film progresses and it is very obviously a very difficult predicament, not naming the predicament, but the predicament that they find themselves in. And it's almost impossible to see how two people could carry on living their lives the way that they had prior to that point yeah. after finding out, finding this out. And it's the same with the kind of character we were talking about earlier. And that's what like a lot of the film, the way that you process the ending is, is kind of relative to whether I, I think you believe that he should be exonerated for his actions because yeah. there's that those contrasting messages of like she she's like kind of damns him for what he did yeah. but then also forgives him at the same part and like they're yeah. kind of twofold aspects of the christian doctrine in a way yeah forgiveness and punishment it's yeah it's like two conflicting ideas in the bible between for example like the new testament is something where jesus is very forgiving and the old testament is something where god is very much punishing you know i think it's, it's just that sort of uh reflection is really profound in the story yeah uh, um i know Catherine, you were not as hot on this film as me and respect probably were <laughs> mm. but the more i talk around it i mean the more i can come to um understand your perspective and i do agree with parts of it yeah i mean i think part of the reason i didn't rate it quite as highly i mean I, it's just not normally the kind of film that i would enjoy but i mean just because it's uncomfortable to watch, but that doesn't mean it's a bad film. Yeah. There were some very difficult to watch moments in this film, so... Yeah, well, we saw a review on Lesbox. I don't know if anyone listened to us. Well, I don't know if anyone's listened to us. That's what I'm talking about. But I don't know if anyone's this, uh, saw seen, uh, seen Prisoners. There we go. Another film by Denis Villeneuve, but there was a review on Letterbox, one of the, the crappy ones. It just said, um, it makes Prisoners look like a rom-com by comparison. <laughs> and that is already a very dark film. So yeah. I think if you haven't seen this and you have seen that, then consider that a warning. But yeah, I think in the wider context of uh, Villeneuve's filmography, it does stand out as one, being one of his most interesting films. And I think it's likely, well, as it's kind of already shown in the past like 11 years, to stand the test of time where people in the kind of film community still talk about yeah. that. Yeah, so I mean, I'm hoping June, June lives up to the same kind of standard. <laughs> yeah. Because he's certainly setting on a high precedent for himself with uh, films like that, Blade Runner 2049. Well, it just kind of shows his... He's got such good variety in filmmaking. Like he can basically do anything, and yeah, his talent really is good. He's impeccable. He's definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, I mean, same here. And I, I think um, June could be the film, hopefully, to kind of cement his reputation in my mind. And, and so, what I can't speak from what I've seen <laughs> so far. Sorry, I feel like it has the potential to be like that. So I don't know if I'm just setting myself up for disappointment, but I did really enjoy Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. Mm. And I still regret to this day not having seen it in the cinema, which I know Catherine has. <laughs> uh, um, so hopefully, well, definitely, I'm going to go see June when that comes out. And five years down the line, I can, you know, give myself a pat on the back for doing that. <laughs> well, on my part, I hope it's June is not too much like this film. I actually want to enjoy June. I can't see it being anywhere near as, as dark or <laughs> yeah. disturbing. No, well, I mean... I well, I mean, you never know. This is the man who made, you know, Sicario afterwards. So. <laughs> nah, Sicario, no, man. I mean, I watched that when I was, like, 14 as well. And look at me. 
Oh, that would be fine. Yeah. Um, well, I think I'll just open up to the floor. What's what is your favourite film, respectively, by Villeneuve that you've seen? Because I know, I know. Have you seen Arrival? Yeah. Twenty forty nine. I've only seen. Um, only seen three, I think. Okay. Well, I mean, I kind of know what your answer is going to be, but. Yeah. Well, mine is twenty forty nine. Yeah. Blade Runner. Good choice. Um, I'm. I've only seen it once actually when I went to see it in the cinema, but. I remember every moment. It was mind blowing to me, and I'm scared to rewatch it because it's not gonna it live, up. live up. To no, on maybe, like maybe a never rewatch screen. it. Never rewatch. They live in this like bubble of perfection. <laughs> yeah, best way to in. go. As for me, um, a villain you I've only seen uh, Sicario, Prisoners, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. And now Incendies. And I have to say, Incendies is probably my favourite. Fair enough. Just because, uh, I know, I found it captured the graphic realism of, of Sicario, as well as just, like, the general existential themes of, like, Blade Runner. And I found that it's an, it was a nice intersection of just, like, the kind of media I'm interested in. And I thought it was just a really interesting film to watch. It was difficult at times to, you know, enjoy it, but... I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because, it, you know, it's like the same reason you'd watch a horror film. Yeah. A- anything that invokes that sort of emotion as viscerally as, you know, a film like Incendies does, I think is at least deserving of some merit as long as that imagery has some sort of, like, value towards propagating a, a good story or a good narrative or even good themes, you know. Yeah, and, and, and if, does. in many ways it's even more horrifying than even the worst horror film because it's so grounded in yeah. reality I mean, in the sense of this stuff happens and you can rebound on the news. Yeah, it's really messed up. And it, it reminded me of actually, um, I mean, one scene in particular, but you mentioned earlier there was like the bus scene where there's like the burning, yeah. the burning bus. And it reminded me of uh, Come and See, which is uh, very messed up. Um, <laughs> and if again, if anyone has seen that, I'm sure they know which scene I'm referring to. I'd highly recommend that film as well. But it's definitely not an easy watch. Uh, not, I wouldn't really say this is either, to be honest. They're, they're both very dark, so make sure you're in the right kind of headspace uh, if you do plan on watching it. I don't think I was prepared for. No, I mean, I, did, I didn't know it was going to be this, this yeah. dark, honestly. I, I just, from what I did know about the film, I don't know what I was expecting, but I feel as if I had my, whatever expectations I did have, I had them fulfilled. Yeah. So I, I came away like, I enjoyed it, I liked it, I would recommend it. And I could see myself talking and think about a lot yeah. in the future. It's definitely one to reflect on. Yeah, mm-hmm. one to watch. One you know, to watch. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, um, just before we probably finish up in a minute, I think I will probably uh, side with Catherine on uh, the Blade Runner verdict. I think it's a very Yay. tough decision for me to pick between that, Prisoners and Incendies, because they're all amazing films in my mind. But I do think Blade Runner just kind of takes the cake if only in terms of how visually astonishing yeah. that film is. And there's very few films that have ever been made that can really compete with it. And again, hopefully June hopefully is June one. <laughs> it has potential that. Yeah. to do it. I mean, so. from the stills I've seen in the trailer, it looks like it's going to look incredible. Mm-hmm. And I know that it is, it is out, but unfortunately for us here in the UK, um, we have to wait till next Friday. We're going to have to suffer for another week. Yeah, we we can't get a press release, so... <laughs> the only thing I'm worried about is it's got a lot of, like, big blockbuster actors in it. Like, you know, Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Um, which I know he's probably a good actor, but just... But so it worries me. I suppose, <laughs> you know, Ryan Gosling was... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true, actually. That is true. 
it turned out to be a fantastic film. I mean, I didn't know of anyone in Incendies. I don't think I recognised yeah. a single actor that I'd seen in anything before. I haven't yeah. watched many French films, no. to be fair. But, I, mean, I didn't know they it was French when <laughs> watching it. <laughs> maybe they are big like French actors, mm-hmm. but we're just not... Well, but for the most part, I think most of the performances mainstream. were pretty good, so I would, yeah. would, would be willing to check out um, some of their stuff, especially the, the two like main female mm-hmm. actors. Are very well, impressive. The, only, the only moment acting moment I didn't like was... You know, when the the moment was revealed to the sister, I thought her reaction oh. was... Oh, yeah. I don't know. It was a, kind of a weird one. It was a weird reaction, <laughs> but justified, I guess. But. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is like, in, if you're in those circumstances, <laughs> it's very yeah, yeah, what the hell do you, do you actually yeah. say? How do you even process the information? Um, I'm proud of us because it seems like we've got through the bulk of this podcast yeah. without spoiling it. I'll probably just, uh, again, before we end, just one more question to each of you. Have you been watching... Well, you have. Uh, you haven't, actually, I because haven't. I, I know you haven't been watching yeah. any films recently. You, you have because I you've have been, been watching films with me. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's your favourite film you've watched recently and why, other than this? Oh, uh, well, I mean, I did watch Pan's Labyrinth mm. uh, yeah. a little while ago. As in, a little while ago was the most recent film I've seen. Yeah, I remember enjoying it a lot. Just just for the visual imagery alone, it was just such a beautiful film to like enjoy, as well as just uh, the design of the set. The general plot, you know, ordinarily sort of fancy films don't really appeal to me, but something about Guillermo del Toro's storytelling, it's very like poetic and metaphorical, and I, f- I found that was very, that was something I could, I could really get behind. Just uh, in terms of my enjoyment. Yeah, and that's another film that is very much grounded in the real conflict with it being the Spanish Civil War. Yeah. I mean, I studied it at school as part of my A-level, so I've seen it about four times. Yeah. Uh, I haven't watched it since I've actually done my A-level. It's one of those films where I think I just studied it so much that... You can't be bothered. To yeah, really like I, I could easily go the rest of my life without seeing it. But yeah, it's I, I agree, it's still a good film. I, I enjoyed it, uh, learning about it. How about you, Catherine? Well... Mm. When it comes to mind is The Farewell. The Farewell, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is a Netflix movie, but I liked it. I haven't watched many films like that. Um, it was heartwarming, um, told a good, nice story, brought up a, like a, quite a few like like medical ethics to me. I mean, I brought it up in like my medicine seminars, so... Yeah. You know... It, it was, did pose some interesting, interesting questions as well. And it I'm is, not sure if it's my favourite film that we've seen recently, but it's one that comes to mind, definitely. And it does ask a similar question to Incendies, in the sense where it's like... I know. The information, um, there's this kind of information, and sometimes you can ask a question, where maybe it's better for the characters in question not to find yeah. out that this then, yeah. is the case. Um, Incendies says... They should now, and then Farewell says... They shouldn't. shouldn't. Yeah, they have kind of opposing perspectives, though I will say the Farewell was nowhere near <laughs> as dark. <laughs> it no is actually there's... quite heartwarming in a way. Yeah. It's quite sad as well, but yeah, I like that. Ben shed two tears. Yeah, I haven't two. cried at a movie in so long, but I did shed two tears. I, I imprinted them on a bit of paper as well to keep <laughs> um, yeah. I would probably say... It's, it is a hard question. I mean, even I'm sitting there struggling... Um, Most of the recent movies were Harry Potter. Yeah, we have been watching a bit of a binge. <laughs> yes, I say, I, I mean, we watched The Iron Giant with oh, Christy. Yeah. I, I really liked, liked that. Not much else to say <laughs> about that film other than, yeah, it's good. It's just sad film after sad film. Yeah, I mean, wow, The Iron Giant's 
Both of them Honestly, say I'd, pacifism, yeah. no war. That's true, yeah. yeah. I mean, nowhere near as disturbing as in Sandy's either. Yeah. I'll say that. I like the guy in the... the the guy Dean. in the junkyard, yeah, Dean, he was cool. <laughs> I'm going to model myself after him. <laughs> um, yeah, and on that note, uh, I think I'll probably call it, well, I would say a day, but it's it's now uh, half midnight, yeah. so... We'd say this podcast officially lasted two days. Yeah, we can, yeah, <laughs> we, we've, we have been yeah. grinding. Um, so, yeah, so the production value's gone down significantly, <laughs> we know how I'm going to have a proper microphone. Uh We've been drinking hot chocolate throughout this. I see yeah. uh, me and Risbo now finished. Catherine has got the dregs left over. So if you've heard any mugs climbing around, any slurping, that would be why. But I can assure you, it, <laughs> I can assure you, it was uh, well worth it. It kept us fueled throughout uh, these dark, dark times. Yeah. Um, yeah, and on that rather depressing note, yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you for listening, and hopefully I'll see you in two months' time. <laughs> nah, it'll be it'll be quicker than that. Yeah. Bye bye.